the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. everyone, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. Yeah, the truth. We'd all like to have the truth, but apparently uh, there's little of that going on in this country anymore. Uh, you know, I was listening to uh, Geraldo on the, uh, on the uh, uh, un- outnumbered Friday morning saying how he doesn't believe, he, he knows in his bones that there's no way that we had the American military ability to help the guys in Benghazi and, and they didn't go that there's, this is, this is not true. What we see in 13 hours. Ah, uh, yeah, Geraldo, that's what you know in your bones. Of course, the guys that wrote the book and it turned into the movie were there. And, uh, from what I hear, there was a, a guy, uh, one of the guys at my office was there at a, at a screening of it. And there was a guy that was talking before the movie started who was actually in an F-16 on his way to Libya when he was called back. So I don't know. I don't know if we ever know anything about the truth. And of course, we heard, uh, we heard Hillary, um, Friday on, on CBS. I think it was CBS, might have been ABC. He was at CBS, uh, interview. And this is what she said about the truth. You talk about leveling with the American people. Have you always told the truth? I've always tried to. Always. Always. Some people are going to call that wiggle room that you just gave yourself. Well, no, always, I, always tried to. No, I've I mean, always Jimmy tried Carter to. said, I will never lie to you. You know, you're asking me to say, have I ever? I don't believe I ever have. I, I don't believe I ever have. I don't believe I ever will. I'm going to do the best I can to level with the American people. I'm going to do the best I can to level with the American people. Yeah, that sounds like the truth. I don't know. Do you tell the truth, Ed? Yes, I do. Don't even have to uh don't even have to to even hesitate there. If I don't know if if there's something I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. Let me check. If there's something I do know, I'm either going to say I can't tell you or I'm going to say this is the way it is. I'm going to treat you like you're a family member if you come to do business with me. And if I'm on the radio, I'm going to tell you what I know. 
And if I uh, miss, and if you know, and if ever so often I get a I get a fact wrong or I mispronounce something, hey, I'm gonna give you the uh, the straight. But Hillary, I'm gonna do the best I can. I don't know. I don't think I've ever told a lie. Hey, go on to YouTube. Go on to YouTube and just click Hillary lies. Hillary Clinton lies, and you'll have a, there's about four thousand videos of there. I thought about bringing some on. Well, here here's how she lies. Here's how this is, and you could but. I only have an hour show, and uh, that would take up the whole thing. I wouldn't be able to talk about anything else. And I got lots more to talk about, and I'm gonna. But first, I'm gonna introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Yes, I am a mortgage lender. I don't talk about mortgages a lot on the radio, but I do mortgages all week long, all year long. Been doing it for about 26 years. And if you need someone to do do some of your financing, you'll find no one better. Um, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, whether that's refinancing, buying buying a, a house to live in, a house to uh, the, to in, to uh, rent out, or a second home, you need a reverse mortgage, you need any of that stuff, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free, 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're calling from work and you're stealing time from your boss, wait till your lunch break. Go on edhoffman.net, click on apply now, fill in as much information as you want me to have, and uh, put how much how much information you need uh, back from me and how you want to be contacted, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Alex Rojas, Justin Clark, or Randy Sampius, and uh, we will dial you into whatever you need. If you want something repeated, if you want to hear this show repeated or share it with some friends or uh, say, what did he say there? Did he really say that on the radio? Um, you can uh, go to edhoffman.net, click on uh, listen to the main event. You'll hear this show as well as well as four past shows. Or you can get me on iTunes podcast. Go to uh, search Ed Hoffman under iTunes. You'll get my podcast. You can uh, subscribe for free. And uh, you can have it download to your uh, your device, your iPad, your iPod, your iPhone, your iWatch. Uh, your computer or whatever else device gets iTunes, and uh, you can listen any time of the week that you want. Uh, if you want to, if you if you can't wait for the weekends to hear what I think about something, you can follow me at Twitter at Ed Hoffman. Uh, I'll tweet about current events all week long, like the and you can like our show on Facebook. Uh, Facebook search the main event five ninety, and you can uh, find the show page. You can also read my weekly uh, opinion columns, and you know everybody's got an opinion, and I think everybody's entitled to mine. Um, you can visit IE Business Daily, Inland Empire Business Daily, IE Business Daily. Click on the opinion tab, see my full list of columns. This week's column is about who's really politicizing the death of Supreme Court Antonin Scalia. And here's a hint, it's not the Republicans. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Um, what else did I leave out? 855-640-2020. Um, in, case, in case I haven't mentioned it lately, interest rates are really good. If you didn't get a chance to uh, to refinance, Call me if you want to, uh, if you've got a FHA loan with a real low interest rate, but you want to get rid of that mortgage insurance, uh, the, the values of houses have gone out, gone up about eight to 10% a year for the past couple of years. So there's a good chance that you might have enough equity to uh, get out of, uh, your mortgage insurance. And, uh, if you haven't had, if you, if you're in an FHA loan, most of them, most of them at this point are life of the loan. And if you've got a, uh, a conventional loan you have to be you have to keep it at least two years unless you refinance. So uh and rates are great now. Maybe never have been this low uh in a long time. So if you're interested, call me eight five five six four zero 
2020. So uh, let's talk about what's going on now. Let's get to the stuff that you guys like to listen about, about what's happening. Here's your week in less than an hour for those of you that don't have TV. You know, I think about uh, some people I know in my family that have Apple TV. And I said, hey, you know what's going on the 91 freeway this weekend? Uh, no, what? I go, well, they're shutting it down Friday night, and it's going to be closed for 55 hours. What do you think that's going to do to the other freeways? Uh, I didn't hear anything about it. Uh, I don't know. So if you guys are out there on the roads and you're on the 60 or the 10 or the 210, I suspect you're sitting in traffic and you're not going anywhere, so don't change the station. So, uh, you know, so for those of you that don't read the newspapers or aren't connected because you think it depresses you, I'm thinking... With what's going on in the world, maybe you should pay attention. So let's start. First of all, uh, replacing Antonin Scalia um, with the sudden and unexpected death of Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia last Saturday. There's now an opening in the Supreme Court, one that has become the new political football between Democrats and Republicans. Remember, the Supreme Court the Supreme Court seats are for a lifetime. You know, when they invented that concept, the average lifespan uh, of people was like 50 years old. But now uh, I think men, what's the average lifespan, 79? It's somewhere up there in the late 70s, early 80s. I think women live a little longer. So uh, uh, so they're lifetime, they're lifetime appointments. Um, when the justice either resigns or dies, the president nominates a new appointee, and the Senate is tasked with confirming or rejecting the nominee. But in an election year, the president may decide to let his successor choose someone to nominate after the election. Of course, Obama refuses to do that. Let me play this clip. The Constitution is pretty clear about what is supposed to happen now. When there is a vacancy on the Supreme Court, the President of the United States is to nominate someone. The Senate is to consider that nomination. And either they disapprove of that nominee or that nominee is elevated to the Supreme Court. Historically, this has not been viewed as a question. Uh, There's no unwritten law that says that it can only be done on off years. That's not in the constitutional text. I'm amused when I hear people who claim to be strict interpreters of the Constitution suddenly reading into it a whole series of provisions that are not there. Uh, There is more than enough time for the Senate to consider in a thoughtful way the record of a nominee that I present uh, and to make a decision. Yeah, isn't it amazing how uh, President Obama uh, quotes the Constitution when it's convenient to him? And I don't know that the Constitution even mentions that, but uh, he's he's quick to uh, he's quick to follow the rules when they're convenient to his task. And, you know, what's amazing is um, Saturday morning when it happened last week, when it was announced that uh, Justice Scalia had passed away, um, Don and I were in Mammoth, and it was one of those mornings, uh, I'll wait till tomorrow to go skiing, because we just got here the night before, and I'm feeling the altitude, so uh, we spent a lot of time uh, chilling out, watching TV, and uh, I got on uh, Twitter and watch the, watch the Twitter feeds and of course I put a couple of my opinionated opinions about that and you can't believe the hate out there that people you know the guy the guy had just been announced that he's dead 
that and they're already putting all the the Democrats and the and the uh, the minorities are complaining about what a racist he was and this and that. And he's trying to hold down black people and he's trying to hold down minorities. And he's oh, oh, what you know, they did. They said everything short, anything short of I'm glad he's dead. And, you know, that's uh, just a made it's it's just amazing the hate that goes out there. And, uh, you know, uh, it just amazed me. I almost got I almost kind of got depressed at. At reading, I put in a I put in a couple of comments, and then people just bash you. I just can't even believe the hate that's out there, and it's from young people, and it's from you know I've I've learned some lessons. I've learned some lessons in getting involved with veterans, and uh, I think next week we'll probably have Joey Jones from the Boot Campaign on here. And for those of you who don't know, we're raising money to build a uh, to build a house in conjunction with uh, Gary Sinise Foundation. We're uh, we're raising money to build a house for a triple amputee, Andrew Botrell, in San Diego, and that's our one of those a couple of projects that we're doing this year. And you know what? You know what is amazing to me? These guys that went and fought for our company country come back with less than a whole body. And uh, and have such good attitudes. Well, some of the, some of these people have two arms and two legs, and and just have a you know have just got that entitlement attitude. They want to whine and complain about everything, and they're holding me down. And they're you know what? Everybody's got the same opportunity out there. If you just stop whining about it, you know what? Otherwise, how could a black man be in the White House? We've got a black lady as the as the uh, Attorney General. We've got. Black people and and uh, every every nationality and minority in in every position in this country, what is it? What was different about them? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's uh well they got to go to school. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just decided I'm not going to complain. Hey, I was I was uh, brought up by a dad that taught me nothing but uh but what I didn't want to be in life. I watched him stab my brother in the back and almost kill him. I saw him uh, choke my mom with a dog leash, and and I saw him start things and never finish it. And I saw him lie to his clients. I saw him do be everything evil that you could think about, short of killing somebody. And you know what? I know all the relatives are amazed at how good me and my sisters have done. How well how well adjusted we are. Because guess what? I didn't use it as an excuse. Well, I was I was born to poor parents, and I didn't have any opportunity, and I had, I didn't get any scholarships to college. I had to pay my way, and then uh, I never finished college because I had to keep working, and it was too much for me to work and and do all that stuff. And maybe I just got disinterested in being an engineer. Because some of you guys out there, are engineers, and you're saying, "Man, that was a good move." Stopping stopping on that train. But anyway, I'm getting off that. It's just amazing to me how, how much hate is out there, and we need to change this world. And maybe that's why Donald Trump is, is ringing so, so popular out there, because he brings radical change. He's the most radical thing that we can do. And, you know, the more I listen to Ted Cruz, the, the less I like him about all the stuff that he's doing and Photoshopping stuff. And uh, it just... Mm. I got off, I got off, my, I got off my, uh, my subject here, because we get onto that... And I just can't believe we have a guy die and how much, how, how much hateful stuff goes out there on social media. So anyway, let's get getting back to, uh, to Obama nominating a, uh, nominating a, a replacement for the uh, Supreme Court. One of the Republicans who, uh, who said he will block any nominee Obama puts forward is Senator Marco Rubio. Uh, here's what he, said, what he told uh, Anderson Cooper on CNN. 
It is true. There's nothing in the Constitution that says he can't nominate someone, but there's also nothing in the Constitution that says the Senate must immediately confirm them. Right. So the bottom line is that um, I, there will be someone filling that vacancy, and I think the new president should be the person who fills that vacancy. And look, it may not be a Republican. I think it's going to be a Republican. That's what I want it to be. But, but I think it's going to be an issue in this campaign, and the voters are going to be able to weigh in on it in November. Yeah, I would have to agree with Marco on this one. Uh, last election, overwhelmingly new Republicans replacing old Democrats in seats. The two years before, I think the people have spoken that we're tired of Obama's crap and we want to uh, shift the uh, shift the direction of the country, but we don't get to do it until... Uh, and, you know, the people that, that kept us from getting a new president in there were some of you Republicans that sat home because uh, Obama, cause Romney was was, uh, I don't know, uh, Mormon, or he was was not conservative enough for you, or he what, didn't have enough skeletons in his closet or whatever. You know, I like what, uh, what, uh, what Scott McAfee said on the show last week. Hey, vote your conscience in the primary, and when it comes to the general election, you vote party lines. And uh, I'm going to vote my conscience. And my conscience says Ted Cruz isn't eligible to, uh, to be the president. But anyway... Uh, uh, there I am getting off the subject again. We'll talk more about that later. Say, also, Obama had hoped no one would notice that he actually participated in trying to do this very same thing when he was senator. In 2006, Obama was one of 23 Democrat senators who tried to block the confirmation of Justice Samuel Alito. Uh, all because Alito was a conservative judge nominated by uh, to the court by George W. Bush. Here's a reporter asking him about that on Tuesday. Listen uh, how Obama responds. How do you respond to Republican criticism that your position is undercut by the fact that you and other members of your administration who were in the Senate at the time tried to filibuster Judge Alito in 2006? You know, the uh, look, I think what's fair to say is that how judicial nominations have evolved over time uh, is not historically the fault of any single party. This has become just one more extension of politics. And there are times where folks are in the Senate and they're thinking, as I just described, primarily about, is this going to cause me problems in a primary? Is this going to cause me problems with uh, supporters of mine? Uh, And so people take strategic decisions. I understand that. Yeah, I don't know if he uh, sounded like he was kind of scapegoating. You know, it's not one party, except for when I say it's all one party. You know, one group of people that are that are uh, are trying to blame things on another group of people, Muslims. And uh, you know, it's just it's just amazing how Obama is so two ways. He's uh, you know, he's he, or maybe I'd say he's a he's on a one way street. There's no, there's no two sides to anything. So um, then uh, the next day, White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest gave an answer on Obama's behalf, and he said... He regrets the vote that he made because, frankly, I mean, as we've discussed, Democrats should have been in a position where they were making a public case. That's what Democrats should have done, and they shouldn't have uh, looked for a way to just throw sand in the gears... Uh, of the process, uh, and frankly, looking back on it, the president believes that he should have just followed his own advice uh, and made a strong public case on the merits about uh, his opposition to uh, 
the nomination that President Bush had put forward. Yeah, but that's not how it works. So, uh, but it isn't only the Republicans who try to try to block the Supreme Court nominations of a president they don't agree with. Let's talk about another time in recent history when the Senate has done this. Once again, just like in 2006 with Alito, uh, this involved a Democrat-controlled Senate blocking the confirmation of President Reagan's appointee, um, which was Robert Bork. Um, here's the talking points. is uh, It was 1987, President Reagan. Now, remember, a lot of people have talked about how you're in the election year and the people are getting ready to vote for a new president. But this was the year before the election year. He uh, nominated Robert Bork. President Reagan uh, the, uh, the, nominated the Nixon administration's solicitor general to replace Justice Lewis Powell. Under the House Majority Leader Robert Byrd, the Democrat-controlled Senate successfully blocked Bork's confirmation. Reagan nominated the more moderate judge, uh, Anthony Kennedy, instead, and that appointment still holds today. Um, but, you know, and then they say, hey, well, hey, we nominate, we, we uh, confirmed Kennedy in 1988, which is election year. Well, that's because the year before when, they, when, the, when Reagan nominated Bork, you guys blocked it. So this had gone on, gone on into the election year. Now we've got 11 months. We're already voting. We're already voting on the president. The people are already paying attention to what direction they want it to go. And at this point, you know, being a Supreme Court justice is a part-time job. They're not, they don't work full-time. There's, there's still eight out of nine, and it's still split down the middle. So worse things could happen than having a, a, a split decision on something in the next, uh, in the next 10 months. So uh, my opinion is hold off. And, you know, Republicans, I would say if you guys don't get some spine and take our, Senate, our, uh, our Republican majority in the Senate and our Republican uh, majority in the, in the House of Representatives and actually, and actually do something with it, like stop stuff that doesn't – well, stop making deals with people. You know what? If we want to stop funding a Planned Parenthood and you want to stop funding Obamacare, you want to stop doing any of this stuff, don't worry about holding a hard line and people being mad at you. We made a deal. We got some stuff we wanted and they didn't get some stuff that they wanted. Whatever. Whatever. So anyway, um, such is life. So that's we're going to see where that goes for the rest of the year. Um, then this week, uh, Apple opposed the judge's order to help the FBI break into an iPhone belonging to the deceased San Bernardino shooters and Islamic terrorists. Islamic terrorists, Muslims, Saeed Farouk and Tafshin Malik, calling it an overreach by the U.S. government. In a public letter, Apple CEO Tim wrote that complying with the order would require Apple to build a backdoor to the iPhone, which Cook, Cook said is something we consider too dangerous to create. The judge's order became necessary when the FBI investigation were unable to get past the owner program passcode in order to retrieve the phone's data. Um, here's some background from ABC uh, Eyewitness News. Listen to what local Democrat congressman and our FBI director both have to say about Apple's failure to cooperate. Investigators want to know more about the couple's potential connection to ISIS and a mysterious 18 minutes where the killer's whereabouts are unknown. We all have our entire lives on our phones. Congressman Brad Sherman once chaired the terrorism subcommittee. It's been consistent with Apple's policy for quite some time to try to be as unhelpful to law enforcement as possible. They should be on our side in this effort against terrorism. Last July, the FBI director talked about the challenge of accessing encrypted data. Our job is to look at a haystack the size of this country for needles that are increasingly invisible to us because of end-to-end -end encryption. 
And, uh, you know, even Obama's Justice Department is telling Apple to knock it off. It's unfortunate that Apple continues to refuse to assist the department in obtaining access to the phone of one of the terrorists. It's not not to everybody's phone, to one phone, uh, to one phone uh, of the terrorists involved in a major terror. Well, you know what? You got a court order. It's one guy, you know, two uh, two people, one phone that they want to open up, open it up and find out what's on it. We know he's a terrorist because he killed 14 people. Department of Justice statement released Wednesday. The judge's order and our request to, uh, in this case, do not require Apple to redesign its products to disable encryption or to open the content on the phone. In addition, the judge's order and our request were narrowly tailored to this particular phone. So, uh... You guys all know how I feel about Ted Cruz, uh, about not being legal to be uh, to be the president. But I liked what he had to say about this to Anderson Cooper. For law enforcement to get a judicial search order, that's consistent with the Fourth Amendment. That's how the Bill of Rights operates. To say, Apple, open this phone, not Anderson's phone, not everyone's here, open this phone. But Apple says they can't do that, that it's new operating software that basically would be available for on everybody's phone. But they wouldn't have to put it on everyone's phone. And, and, and that's, I believe that Apple, anyone, nobody has a right to defy a legal search warrant. Uh, I would have to agree with him. And uh, I've got I've got some more comments on a few other, on uh, Ben Carson, that, but we're going to get ready to break for, uh, for five minutes of uh, traffic and weather and commercials. So when I come back from the break, we'll talk more about the Apple situation. I'll give you my comments on it and some things that don't make any sense to me in regards to that. But don't go away. We'll be right back with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Marina Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, Orange, and coming soon, West Covina. If you need to get in touch with me about anything financial for real estate, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one more time, 855-640-2020. So uh, we've been talking about, uh, among other things, been talking about... uh, when we went to the break, we were talking about Apple and uh, their refusal to open up the phone of of uh, Saeed Farouk uh, and Tafshin Malik, the uh, the two wonderful Muslim people that uh, that are here that uh, shot up the San Bernardino County uh, Conference Center at, uh, in December and uh, killed 14 people and uh, 14 of our friends in our own backyard. And, uh, of course, Apple is protecting everybody's rights. You know what? I thought we got rid of Rand Paul. You know, we had Rand Paul. It's, hey, you know, we, you know, we can't we can't let anybody – we can't let the, the, the National Security Agency um, keep track of our phone calls – and uh, be able to put the connect the dots in case they catch a terrorist, and they could see whose phone was calling who, and then they could just connect the dots. They're not recording. They didn't want to record uh, um, phone conversations. They were just connecting who's talking to who. So if they find a terrorist, they can connect his friends. So uh, Apple's refusing to uh, let them into that phone. And uh, I played uh, what uh, Ted Cruz says. Here's what, a, here's what a, a man of common sense, Ben Carson, had to say about it. I believe that what we need is a public-private partnership uh, when it comes to uh, all of these technical things and cybersecurity because we're all at risk in a very significant way. So it's going to be a matter of people learning to trust each other, which means Apple needs to sit down 
with trustworthy members of the government. And that may have to wait until the next election. I don't know. But we'll see. They need to sit down with people they can trust and hammer out a relationship. Yeah, it's uh, it's if you, it's just amazing to me that we have to even discuss this. It should go without saying, hey, Apple, you guys are Americans, too. Of course, you are up in Cooperstown, which is up near San Francisco, the uh, the place where they don't enforce uh, enforce uh, immigration laws. And, uh, you know, the liberal capital of the world, the, the land of fruits and nuts, California. Um, but if you don't like how he said it, let's listen to what Marco Rubio said, essentially the same thing. Valuable information on that phone from the San Bernardino killers that could lead us to preventing future crimes or, or future attacks, future terrorist attacks. Where do you and so, so I think we're going to have to figure out a way forward by working with Silicon Valley and the tech industry on this. There has to be a way to deal with this issue that continues to protect the privacy of Americans, but creates some process by which law enforcement and intelligence agencies could access encrypted information. I don't have a magic solution for it today. It's complicated. It's a new issue that's emerged just in the last couple of years. But I do know this. It will take a partnership between the technology industry and the government to confront and solve this. And, you know, Glenn Beck went off on his uh, his little thing about saying uh, that he was he he's applauding Apple for for holding the line. At what point do at what point do we stop? You know what? I love Glenn Beck when he's on, but, you know, when he was on Fox, you know, four nights a week, he was really right on. And I'm going, man, this guy is smart. He's got a great research team. And then that one night a week where he went off into uh, into the another in, into a black hole in the middle of the universe and you could never you could never follow where he's where are you going with this stuff, man? You're you're in the you're in another in another time zone. And uh, and why would you think why would you think that, you know what, to me? If I forget my code that I put on my iPhone, I can't, there's no way for Apple to get into it to, to let me reset my code. And then, then somebody said, if you put in the wrong code 10 times, cause I thought everybody's code is four digits. I'm hearing somebody say this one is six. Um, I don't remember when I got my last two iPhones that it said, put in a, your security code as many digits as you want. I thought it was, I thought everybody had four. And uh, so there's only a thousand different, com- I guess there's 10,000 different combinations, 9,999, 9, I guess, um, combinations there. But if you put it in 10 times, it erases your phone. Can that be true? That's what they're saying on TV. Can that be true? So all you got to do is if you want to just screw with somebody is you wait till they're not paying attention, grab their phone and put in the wrong code 10 times and it just erases everything on their phone. That can't be right. I don't want to try it. I don't want to try it. Uh, can it be true? That's pretty screwed up. Where's Carly Fiorina when this comes in? We need someone with some tech experience and some common sense and some national national security uh, ideas. Where's Carly Fiorina? Oh, we pushed her out of the, we pushed her out of the race. The liberal media pushed her out because they wouldn't let her be on the on the uh, debate stage. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe some of you guys aren't ready for a uh, female president. Um, I don't know. I wasn't. I. We can. We can talk. We'll. We'll. We'll get on to the next subject because we're. I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm gonna go off on another rant. So South Carolina. Speaking of Marky Rubio, he's received three key endorsements this week uh, in the advance of South Carolina primary. Those endorsements are from uh, Governor Nikki Haley, an Indian American female governor. You know what? Until until she gave the uh, the 
the rebuttal speech at the State of the Union, I didn't know she was Indian American. I really didn't care. Hey, this dark-haired lady who apparently is popular in South Carolina is governor. Okay. I didn't know she's Indian American. I don't care. I don't care if she's a black American. I don't care if she's a if she's an Asian American. I don't care if she's uh if she's from freaking uh, uh Transylvania. And she's a and she's a and she's a uh, vampire at night. You know, Governor Nikki Haley, an Indian American female governor who have some have called the future of the Republican Party. She's future because she's and I heard some people say she'd make a great vice presidential nominee because she's she's a woman and she's a and she's a minority. Well, since when does that make uh, you qualified to be the vice president? A heartbeat away from the from the White House. I don't know. Maybe it's me. African American Republican Senator Tim Scott uh, also endorsed him. Someone who's uh, looked at as being emblematic of the Republican diversity. And Congressman Trey Gowdy, who I like, a favorite among conservatives because of his role in the Benghazi committee. And uh, I just think he's a tough guy. I think maybe if that wasn't going on Benghazi, he could have been a good nominee as well. Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio was clearly excited to receive their endorsement. And here's what CNN, here's what he said on CNN Town Hall this week. Here's what's simply amazing. In my campaign for president today, I got the endorsement of, of a governor of Indian descent, who endorsed a presidential candidate of Cuban descent, and tomorrow will be campaigning alongside an African-American Republican senator. All three are doing that here in South Carolina. That says a lot about the Republican Party. Yeah, and uh, but others are cautioning Rubio to hold off on the celebration. Here's Geraldo Rivera, you know, the same guy that says he knows in the marrow of his bones that there's no way that we, that the military didn't respond to Americans in trouble when they had the ability to. Yeah, right, uh, Geraldo. You just keep on believing that. You just keep on believing that. Um, but uh, Geraldo's saying that Rubio's forgetting one thing. People supporting Donald Trump don't care about any of Rubio's endorsements. Um, let me play the clip. The Nikki Haley endorsement might be relevant as to who comes in second, mm -hmm. but it doesn't amount to a hill of beans in terms of who will win South Carolina, who will win the Nevada caucuses on Saturday, who will go on to get the GOP nod. The people who are for Trump, they don't care about endorsements. Trey Gowdy doesn't uh, doesn't count. Even Tim Scott, the only African-American in the United States Senate, his endorsement doesn't count when it comes to the Trump supporters. Out of yeah, I would say the Trump supporters um, don't care about endorsements. I'd say the uh, the Trump supporters. You know what? I will tell you. Last week at the debate, I was actively actively tweeting during the debate, saying Trump is blowing it right now. He needs to just shut up. And you know, at this point, who who didn't get mentioned after the debate was was a guy who I thought did great was Ben Carson. Um, thought he was brilliant and. And I've always I've always liked Ben Carson, uh, and and I thought he did really good at the debate, and no one's even talking about him. Um, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush and Trump just fought with each other. I thought it was chaotic and stupid. And uh, when Trump started, got off his common sense and stopped realizing that his only his only uh, that there was more to this than just attacking Jeb, and. With that goes his uh, his family and everybody around, um, and he started basically saying that hey, it was Bush's fault for nine eleven for George, his brother George W. That was dumb in South Carolina or anywhere else because it's just not true. Um, you know, hey, George Bush had been had been in uh, in office for uh, nine months, 
not even nine months yet. And uh, actually not even eight months yet. He got in January 20th and, you know, September 11th. Uh, September 11th, we get hit. Do you think they plan that in a few months? I don't think so. I don't think so. And let's blame it on Clinton because Clinton, the Clinton people had a opportunity to, to put a bullet in, uh, in bin Laden in, I think it was 96. I could be wrong on the date, but they actually had, had the gun pointed at his head and waiting for someone to authorize to pull the trigger. And that never happened because Clinton was too involved in, uh, in his Monica Lewinsky fiasco at the time. And nobody would, nobody would give the pull the trigger, uh, the pull the trigger. Well, we might have collateral damage. Yeah, but there might be more collateral damage if we let that guy live. So, uh, but Trump went off on a rant there and started talking talking about that, and I think he lost big time uh, points on that, and he did with me. But, but in general, I don't. I think most Trump supporters are looking for. Hey, he's a smart guy. He's uh, he's a smart guy. He's run big companies. Um, you don't really have hardly any dirt on him. The only thing you can say is that he's changed his position on, on things along the line. I'll, you know, who hasn't changed their position from the time from the last 20 years on, uh, on abortion or, you know, uh, healthcare, a lot of stuff. You know, I've been, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pro-life, but I'm kind of where Rudy Giuliani is. I don't think the government can legislate morality in this country. Yeah, I want to protect. I want to protect babies in the womb too, but it's uh, you know, it's you have to you have to in order to outlaw abortion, you're you're legislating morality. Hey, this is a, a moral thing. Okay, I agree with that, but can we legislate that? So you know, who's who hasn't changed their views on that at one time or another, and uh, and of course. Who does hasn't supported Democrat people when you're trying to stay in business in a business like Trump's when you live on Manhattan Island and it's the only place that's probably more Democrat than California? Well, I guess in San Francisco it's like that, and uh, so I don't really care that much about it. And uh, and I and I'm I'm getting kind of I'm getting kind of over the the stuff that Ted Cruz is pulling. Um, and I know for a fact after last week's uh, debate about Ted Cruz, he's not legal to be the president, but nobody's going to touch it because if they if they go by the letter of the law and the Constitution, then Obama's wasn't legal, even if he was born in Hawaii, which I don't believe. But just because his dad wasn't a wasn't a uh, a citizen, never was a citizen, hasn't been a citizen, and he was born in Kenya, and he came over here and and met Obama's mom and knocked her up and then went away, and like he'd done all over the all over the world with other women, he wasn't a uh, he wasn't a citizen, which makes Obama not a natural born citizen based on the Naturalization Act of 1790, and uh, and as we saw last week, even Ra- Ralph Rossum couldn't come up with something. Well, you know, if you take the S's out of the out of the law, if you take the S's out of this uh, the sentence, it makes it a whole different sentence. Yeah, but the S's are in there. And Scott Scott's, you know, hey, are you worried about Cruz being loyal to Canada? No, but it has nothing to do with it. The law is law. We either have them or we don't. So anyway, I digress once again. So uh, so again, don't get too excited about uh, endorsements from anybody. Uh, you know, Jeb Bush has the endorsement of Lindsey Graham. I'm sure that's gonna. I'm sure that's gonna help. Um, so and then Trump and Cruz again fighting, fighting. 
continuously. Well, uh, they're still fighting every step of the way through the, the primaries. The latest chapter in the saga happened this week when Cruz ran this ad. I'm Ted Cruz, and I approve this message. Life, marriage, religious liberty, the Second Amendment. We're just one Supreme Court justice away from losing them all. Would President Trump ban partial birth abortion? Well, look, I'm, I'm very pro-choice. But you would not ban it? No. Or ban partial birth abortion? No, I would. I am, I am pro-choice in every respect. We cannot trust Donald Trump with these serious decisions. Well, I don't know if that's really true. Hey, show a, show a film of, uh, of Trump from, from 20 years ago. And then uh, then Trump threatens Cruz he's going to file a lawsuit against him. And uh, uh, so go ahead and play that. We will bring a lawsuit if he doesn't straighten his act out. He's a lying guy, a really lying guy. Some people misrepresent. This guy's just a plain outlier. So Cruz said, bring it on, and, uh, and said that as an attorney, he looks forward to deposing Trump himself. You know what? I'm getting tired of seeing this, and apparently they, they uh, photoshopped a picture of, uh, of uh, Rubio with a big smile on his face, shaking hands with Obama, and, it's, uh, and, and they found the original picture, and it's not him. I forget the guy's name who it is. Was it uh, Kevin McCarthy? I think it's Kevin McCarthy, um, the uh, former... Was he uh, the Republican? Uh, the, he was the Senate Majority Leader, a no, Congressional Majority Leader, when uh, when Boehner stepped down and he was the favorite. And then he said something dumb, like uh, like uh, we we did Benghazi. He made he made it sound like we started the Benghazi investigation to to uh, stop Hillary's Hillary's thing. And instead of saying hey. You clip me out of context. He says, I'll just step down. I won't run for Speaker of the House. Um, so, you know what? Cruz is, Cruz is getting into some nasty stuff that I don't particularly uh, to uh, particularly admire uh, himself. And then uh, Cruz, Cruz answered back. That lawsuit will be frivolous, and it will result in both Donald Trump and any lawyer that signs his name to the pleadings being sanctioned in court for filing, filing frivolous litigation. One of the things I look forward to most of all is deposing Donald Trump. For that particular endeavor, I may well not use outside counsel. I may take the deposition myself. Yeah, well, you know what? The 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 Naturalization Act of 1790 is how the words are. And if I think if anybody has the has the guts to take it to court, um, Cruz is going to Cruz and Rubio and Obama are going to be in trouble. Um, and then if you saw Jeb's ad, uh, Jeb had an ad on Trump that I think is really deceptive that I don't really like. You know what? I don't have a problem with you guys fighting amongst yourselves. You know what? But don't you know, I think this this ad that uh, that Jeb Bush did is is deceptive because it's saying things that aren't really clear as to what he did. And let's let's tear this one apart. People love me. Everybody Donald Trump. Me. Look past the boasting and you'll see right through him. He supported partial birth abortions. His phony Trump University accused of fraud. He tried to seize private property to line his own pockets. Four bankruptcies and small businesses screwed over. Poll after poll show him losing to Hillary Clinton. If Trump wins, conservatives lose. Right to Rise USA is responsible for the content of this message. 
Okay, so let's break that down. So he uh, he supported partial birth abortions. Well, I think he's trying to say he was pro-choice, and I think that was when he was in New York, and I think that was 20 or 30 years ago. Um, I don't know that whatever he said 20 or 30 years ago on TV on some uh, on uh, Ellen DeGeneres show or the or Oprah or something, I don't know that that's... Does he really support partial birth abortions, or are they just putting words in his mouth? Because, yeah, I'm pro-choice all the way. Then it talks about... Uh, um, Trump University, Trump University, uh, Trump University. Maybe I don't know the whole story, but I went to a real estate and wealth expo um, back in 2008, and uh, was uh, Trump speaking and Anthony Robbins speaking. George Foreman spoke. All kinds of different people spoke, and uh, and a lot of people that were teaching there actually wrote books. And uh, they sold it under Trump University. I'll tell you the one on commercial uh, real estate investing is really good. It's written by a guy named – I can't remember, but I read one of his other books. It's uh, I'll think of it, but it's commercial – I think it's called Commercial Real Estate Investing 101. And it is, uh, it's really a good book. And so I don't know the details. Hey, was accused of fraud? What? I don't know that – I don't know that it said right on the front cover who wrote it. But I know who wrote it because – I read his other book, um, and, and then they talk about hey, he tried to take somebody's pro- he tried to take somebody's pro- uh, property for his own for his own uh, for his own profit. Well, he tried to use eminent domain to get the government to say hey, I need this this piece of land to go with one of my, my one of my casinos. He didn't try to take it. He tried to get the the government to to say hey. Is there something we can do to make this lady take my offer? And he's offering her big giant dollars for some piece of property that's in the corner of a commercial property that he has a, a casino on. You know what? He's not taking somebody. He's trying to influence them to sell that. They're just saying, no, I'm not selling for any price. I'll tell you, there's a lot, two lots down from uh, from my building in Moreno Valley. And it's not the, uh, and it's David Lindahl. That's the name, huh? David Lindahl is the guy that that wrote that book, um, and I'll tell you that going back to to the lot in Moreno Valley, there's our building. Our building, as the business has changed, we need more parking spots than what we have at our at our building. So there's no place for anybody to park. Um, so there's an empty lot two two lots down behind this other building. So I contacted the person that owns it. And I said, hey, let me buy this from you so I can make it into a parking lot so I can have overflow for, for my parking lot. Oh, no, well, you know, my daughter's my trustee, trustee, so I'm okay selling it if if uh, if she says okay. So I contact this lady. He goes, well, I'll lease it to you for 1500 a month. Well, it's going to cost me 65000 to pave it and put curbs and gutters and electrical and security cameras because there's a building in between that one and my mine. So I said, I don't want to put $65,000 into somebody's piece of dirt. So I called the, his daughter up and I said, I'll give you $100,000 for the dirt and I'll let you keep your cell tower that's on it. You guys can keep the lease out there. I just want the dirt so I can put sixty five grand into it and make a security parking lot so my employees can park there and there's room for other people to park at our building when people come in to do business with us. Oh, no, we're not interested. And I said, what are you going to do with it? Well, someday we'll develop it. Why? And this lady's a dentist, and she's up in Northern California. And I'd say, I developed a piece of dirt on that street. Why would you want to? Believe me, you don't want to. It's more hassle than it's worth, and it's a half acre. It's a half acre, and you're surrounded. It's a little tiny place, and you're not going to be able to build anything on it that's going to be significant. Let me use it for a parking lot. I'll give you a hundred grand. Or I'll pay you more, and I'll keep and I'll keep the cell tower. Let me know. No, she doesn't, doesn't want to. 
Okay, so basically that dirt is useless. So Trump tried to get get uh, the government to see if they could use eminent domain. They said no, and she refused, and he didn't get the he didn't get it. Okay, he's trying to make a business a business move. He wasn't trying to cheat anybody out of their property. It's the same thing he said with eminent domain. People people get tons of money for their business for their for their property when eminent domain comes through. And then he filed bankruptcy four times. He filed bankruptcy on businesses four times. So Trump's opened up tons of businesses and four of them went bankrupt. You know what? If you go to the if you go to Las Vegas and sit down at the blackjack table and you play a hundred hands and you lose four of them, I think you're doing pretty good. I don't think uh I don't think that's such a terrible track record. But you know, people that don't know, hey, he filed bankruptcy four times. Oh, some investors lost some money four four times on it. I bet you those same investors made a ton of money uh, backing him up on uh, on other projects. And you know what? If you're if you're one of my investors and you say and I and you we got burned four times out of a hundred, you're still probably going to put money in with me on the next one. You can say, Are you sure? Are you sure we're not going to get burned on this one? Okay, I've bought I've bought and sold a whole bunch of houses, and I bought and rented a bunch of houses. You know what? There's a couple of them last year that uh, one of, we bought two of them from one realtor, one in San Bernardino in an area that I wasn't familiar with, and one in uh, Riverside, which yeah, I wasn't too happy about. One of those houses we lost two thousand bucks, and one of them, or we made two thousand when we thought we were going to make twenty, and one of them we lost about uh, we lost about ten thousand on it. And I asked the realtor, "Hey, why don't you just forego your your real estate commission because the uh, uh, since we lost, you got paid twice on these things, and we lost money on this thing." Uh, no. So uh, you know, you you make some deals and you learn and you go on. You know what? Those deals that Trump made might make him overly smart to be president of the United States because we need someone with some brains. And Obama comes on and says, hey, the, the president of the United States is a serious job. It's not like doing a reality show. Well, is it like being a community organizer? Is that what it is? Obama, you're the one that's, that's pointing that he didn't have, that, that Trump doesn't have any experience, that he's done a, he did a reality show? It's not like, like putting together a reality show. It's serious business. Maybe it's more like golfing. I don't know. Anyway... I rant, I see, I watch, I think, and I come up with the opinions, and then I feed them to you so you don't have to watch so close or wonder, what would Ed think about this stuff? Okay, I'm out of, I'm out of time for this week from this episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.